Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. So welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series with Tony Brooks. I'm really, really pleased to say today that I've got one of my dearest old friends, Suresh Bauer, as the interviewee for today's podcast series. Now, uh, as many of you won't know Suresh, I'll just give you a quick bit of background. Suresh has been a local entrepreneur in the West Midlands. He's got interest in radio, media and marketing. He's also recently launched a coffee business called the Sassy Coffee Company. And I know that the one thing Suresh is particularly passionate about is a charity called Promised Dreams, which helps terminally ill and seriously ill children. Having, having all this experience over the years now, Suresh has run a number of businesses in the West Midlands area, recruitment, finance, etc. And he's now investing in new startups. And I have to say, we are very good friends. And I've often uh, had time with Suresh just to talk about his thoughts on life, business, and I've found him incredibly influential uh, over the years. And so I'm I'm really excited to just have have Suresh as a guest on the Leadership Mindset series today and for you to hear some of his insights into life and business. So first of all, welcome Suresh. Thank you, Tony. What I wanted to start with, Suresh, because a big focus of this podcast series is about mindset. What have, over the years, what because I, I think you're one of the most resilient and strong people I've ever come across psychologically. What have you done over the years and what do you still do to keep yourself psychologically strong and keep your mindset strong? <clears throat> I think, so. you have to go back in your life to, to go forwards and understand exactly what shaped you. Um, coming from a, a strong Indian work ethic, uh, my father told me very simple principles. You wake up before everyone else and go to bed later than else you've got a good chance and that can be doing anything you want to do in life um, so realistically the work ethic has always been there um, and I think for me every day is an opportunity to shape and develop yourself then shape and develop individuals that you work with um, and I think it's so important that you decide on what you want to be when you do wake up and we all have that mirror in the map yeah, we all wake up, be a shave, washing our hair, what it's going to be. And we decide then, okay, if you feel a bit low, you know, what can you say to yourself? And what are the positives in your life that you can look forward to? You can't influence the past. That's gone. Yeah, what you can do is influence the future. So I try not to dwell too much on the negative things. I try and dwell very much on the positive things. And I find people give me energy. Yeah, and it's very important that you try and surround yourself with positive people that are of the same mindset and have the same sort of outlook on life. Um, and in all the businesses, through success and failure, I have managed to find and weave, by default or design, um, a successful path that isn't necessarily all financially related, but it's more related about how I feel and what that mirror is to me every day. Yeah, you said that you. I know you said this to me a lot, actually, about surrounding yourself with good people. And I guess that's socially and and in business. And you said about people with the same mindset and outlook. What do you think that is, then, Suresh? What would you say that is? Um, I think you, on a personal level, you know me, but um, uh, I wake up the sun is shining every day in my life. So I also have a responsibility then to try to have people around me. I like put some positive impact on. And what you find is if you put positivity into people, it's, it doesn't take a lot to get it back. Um, 
we talk about mindsets, we talk about what type of individual you want to be, and I just think, if I just take that knowledge of the sunshine, you know, if it's going to rain, it's going to rain. I can't influence that, but what I can do is influence my own energy in that relationship with external people, internal people. Um, I have a great structure of friends that keep me very level grounded, keep me to a point to where, you know, they will tell me straight if I'm going to the left or I'm going to the right. So they'll keep me, and also family as well, I, I, I must lay the point. They say behind every successful man, uh, there, is a, there is a woman. Um, well, in my case, I've had support for the last 23 years from a very, very strong individual that has believed in me. And I think if somebody believes in you, all of a sudden your stature grows, you stand just a little bit taller, you feel, hang on, I can do this. Not a case of, can I do it? It's a case of, no, I can do this, and I will do this. And even if you strive for the clouds and you get halfway there, well, isn't that better than when you started, which was on the floor? So let's just look at the positive that you, you've moved forward. Um, and yes, we have negativity in life. Yes, we have a lot of things that can upset you. Um, but I think it's all, it's all about deciding on, at that moment, what type of person you want to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I say I know you, but that, that doesn't surprise me at all. But that, that's a great lesson, I think, that, that business about, you know, striving for the clouds and if you don't get there, not beating yourself up, but seeing progress. And um, I, I wanted to come to it in a second, but I know, you know, life hasn't been one journey of success for you. You've had your own challenges and what have you. On that subject, actually, of success, what, what do you, what do you see, see success for you as personally? Uh, byproduct of honest, hard day's work. Now people chase success in financial terms. Yeah? So people turn around and say a million pounds in the bank is, is success. Well, for me, it, it's a lot more than that. You, you, you have to say to yourself, does my success sit in myself, with my family, with my friends? Well, that's success. Yeah? How are you perceived? Do people regard you as sincere, honest, genuine? Well, that's success. Now, if you add all those things together, and then you start at the truth and you finish at the truth, then you're not going to get into much bother in between. And I think businessmen sometimes can fool themselves as well. They can think to themselves, actually, can I take shortcuts? There are no shortcuts in life. You're going to get from A to B. You can't meander off. You have to find the path to get there. So I, what, I, what I've tried to do is, coming back to positivity, is have that positive mental attitude to where you influence the type of person that you are. And for me, my success fundamentally starts at home, because when I wake up, I've got people around me that I love dearly, then I've got my friends and my family, extended family, and then you know what, then you've got work as well. But I really start, what I would say to you today is I actually treat work as an extension of my social life. I don't see the difference. If I'm positive and laughing there, well, why can't you be like that in work? Why can't you have that positive energy? That nothing, you know, nothing influences other people apart from a positive feel. And you feel it in a room, you feel the energy in a room. And I think we have a, a moral responsibility, if you're, especially in business, you're custodians of that energy as well, aren't you? The custodians of these people. So you must have empathy, you must have sympathy. So I, I start where I, I, I finish where I started. It is not down to a million pounds in the bank. There are so many elements that go towards success. And success for me is also having two ears and listening. Biggest thing in any interaction is to understand if you can listen, then you're going to get a lot more out of that conversation. 
Yeah, and then you touch on a couple of things there. You, one was, well, that theme for sure about listening. Um, and also, I did a podcast recently on leadership energy. And, you know, again, really relate to that fact that, as you said, that the energy that you give out in a room or when you're with a group of people, um, that you can influence the energy of a group of people. And you, I know, you know, for sure, Suresh, you're probably the most incredible networker I've ever come across because you build relationships everywhere, really good, strong relationships, and you help people. And then other and people will help you in return. You know, you've built those really great relationships. And again, it's, you put positive energy out and then positive energy will come back to you as well. Um, what I wanted to touch on as well, do you have any particular routines, habits, things you do on a regular basis that keep you psychologically strong? Um, it's very interesting to know. Mentally, I've always been quick to work out solutions. So... Um, I, I, if you say, do I, do I exercise? Well, we can do. I set myself physical challenges every two years. Two years ago, as you know, I climbed Kilimanjaro. Um, you've alluded to my charity, which, I, which we'll come on to. This year, I'm doing Mount Everest Base Camp. In between that, there's other challenges that I do. So I think physically, I try to stay fit. It does definitely send out the right signals to your brain if you're doing physical exercise as well. And then doing it with the right people as well. So this morning, I, I, I know you're local to here, this morning I was on the Regan at six, six o'clock. I've done two and a half hours walking around there, the best part of seven and a half miles. And it just sets my day up. And I feel slightly different to if I don't do it. But I know it's giving me positive energy. Again, we use the word energy a lot, and I think it's so important that we, that we almost empower ourselves every day. Um, so I think for me, the, 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 the mental stability that I work on and the consistency to be the same is very empowering for me. And I don't like variations in business. I like to see flat line. People say it's boring. I say it's consistent profit. Yeah, I don't like feast and famine. Um, so concerning mental, um, I think I, I, I try to physically stay alert, which then does knock onto my mental alertness as well. Yeah, and I, I, I can imagine you value that because like, your son Aaron is in personal fitness, so, isn't he? And so he's a personal trainer. So, so when I say to him that I can't train, he knows that I'm lying on the sofa because so, <laughs> uh, we have a gym in the back garden. So, so um, I can't hide anywhere. But I think also having a son that's 21 years old that is so so committed to his profession, it almost rubs off on you as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you see, and he's very much, and, and I'm learning off him about how he has a whole nutrition and holistic program around people, so he doesn't just look at physical, he looks at diet, he looks at nutrition, he looks at almost, he's almost become a bit of a coach in lots of elements. So I'm very proud of that, um, and I think I've had some input on that as well, in the sense of trying to shape his behaviour, uh, but I think physical fitness is paramount, and I'm not saying you should be in the gym every day, I'm just saying maybe a 20 minute walk every two days or three days, and you know what it does as well too? It clears some of the fog in your head. We all have fog in our heads, you know, no matter how positive you can be and so on, but it does clear it. And I think for me, doing Kilimanjaro, no Wi Fi, no mobile phone, one of the most spiritually uh, and the most connecting things that I've ever done, doing it with my son, incredibly proud. And then looking at Mount Everest base camp, 11 days of walking, totally different challenge taking on altitude sickness, stuff that, that really, you know, at this age, maybe people say you're too old to do it. Well, I think if you can do it, go out there and do it. And I think for me, the, coming back to the physical part is very important. 
Yeah, because I think it's that important point that the, your physiology and your psychology are very interlinked, aren't they? So yes, that's a really important point. Um, what about when you've, because obviously I know, I know you stretch very well, but you've had some difficulties and challenges. You know, it's not been one continual journey of success. How have you dealt with, I mean, I know there's been two or three considerable challenges uh, business-wise. Yeah. How have you dealt with the, the low points and the challenges? Yeah, I, th I think, um, being candid, we had that's about a former people working in a, in a privately owned business where I was a, a shareholder in. Uh, 2008, uh, the, the severe recession hit, uh, didn't just affect us, affected everybody. So we had to put nearly that's about 280 people, um, uh, uh, they were unemployed the following day because we had to go to administration. Um, and market forces dictated that. But you see, how do you handle that? Um, it's not the easiest thing to handle because you have been, I use the word, the custodian of these people and they become a family to you, you know. Um, so all of a sudden, they've still got the mortgages to pay, they've still got the car bills to pay, they've got the telephone bills to pay, and they've got to go home and tell their parents, tell their wives, sisters, whatever, that I no longer have a job. Um, a dark time, a dark time, uh, and i never forget it, because at the same point, after leaving the office, I had to go and watch my son in a football match, in a final. And I thought to myself, on one part, I've just gone through that journey in the daytime, but realistically, this is real as well. This is my son, and I have a responsibility to him. So in, 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 in the way that I try to approach it, is I just said to myself, look, at the end of the day, you don't set a business up to fail. Not with your own money, you know. I know a lot of the people can take venture capitalists, but you don't set fundamentally. Entrepreneurs do not set businesses up to fail, um, and you do doubt yourself. The decisions you made, the process you went through, how you got there, and so on and so forth. But I couldn't account for the market moving in the way that it moved, as a lot of people uh, couldn't account for it. Um, but I come back to there were dark times, there were sad times. I think what you have to do is you have to say to yourself, look, pick yourself up. It's not easy, it's not easy for the people. I felt more for the other people, to be fair, than I felt for myself. Um, and these other people, I say, these were friends and people that I got to know, people that worked with me. Um, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are trough. Um, would I change things? Would I do things differently? No, because our intention was to have a successful business, to give employment to people. Um, but there's nobody that hasn't gone through failure that can't sit back and go, could I have done things different? Could I have done things slightly differently? Uh, with hindsight, probably we could have done. Um, but yeah, they, they were dark times, um, but at the same point, you focus then on your family, you focus on what's your, your anchors in life, the people that support you. There's a lot of great people at that time that supported me, um, but it's real and it's harsh and it cuts. Um, but unfortunately, isn't that life as well sometimes? Yeah, it's true. And um, I remember a number of years ago when I was having challenges both in my personal life and business life. I always remember you talking to me about compartmentalizing things. And, you know, that story you told about having to, you know, tell 220 people they were going to lose their job, then going off to watch your son play football and that they're separate parts of your life. And sometimes you can't, you know, the challenges you have in one area, maybe that's in your business, you can't let that impact on other aspects of your life. And, and that was a big lesson that you helped me with a number of years ago. And, and, and it was a very important one for me. It's very important that, that I use this analogy sometimes. And please take it this way to do it. I have an eye line and I can see what I can see. I can't see what's going on behind me, so why worry about it? Why worry about it? It's not in your sphere, 
that. You may know it's coming, you may know it's going to rain, but why worry about it until it's raining? Yeah. So get the umbrella out, but don't put it up because it's not raining. Simple analogy. Um, so I try to always deal with what's in my sphere of influence. I also then, you're absolutely right, I compartmentalise things because it's not my son's fault. I'm going to watch him play football and I've got to embrace that and enjoy that. Um, and so in real terms, if you can put things into boxes, almost like the filing system you have in your brain, yeah, you don't need to read all the files at any one given time, but you know they're there. Yeah, you just pick up the ones that are relevant to that particular time. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that analogy about putting your umbrella up um, before it's even right. I must admit that I, I can have a tendency to do that. And I, I, I think it's, um, like you said actually earlier on as well, you said you can't do anything about the past, which is true, you can focus on the future. But I think for, for many people, and I, I, if I'm honest, I share this a little bit, in that I think some, some people can overthink the future in terms of being anxious about things. But as you say, no need to put the umbrella up if it hasn't even started raining. Like, that's a, just a fantastic analogy. There's absolutely no need because at the end of the day, I think sometimes we can look for situations and problems that are there. We can overanalyze, um, and I think, from my perspective, I'm a, I'm a black country boy. Yeah? We can't spell analyze, never no, can do it. So what's the point? Um, so, so for me, it's that classic thing of being optimistic and saying, well, actually, this is going to be a good day. Coming back to what we talked about earlier on, um, but why really vex about things that a you have no influence over, and b don't affect you. Well, just concentrate on what does affect you. Yeah, and it's and positive. Yeah, and it's. Um, I, I know you well enough to know. You know, Suresh, that you're not completely cavalier. You manage risk. You, you know, there is an element of caution. But it, it, I think for a lot of people, a lot of business leaders, that that risk aversion and, and what have you can be all encompassing sometimes and and there's too much focus on the things that could go wrong rather than you say and I love this because I say it so often to leaders focus on what you can influence focus on what you've got control over don't get overly anxious on the things that you cannot control or influence and I think what um, what we find is if you have that mindset and for what it's worth telling, not everybody has got that mindset and, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to shift sometimes if you don't feel like that. It's like you talk about how people can get low about things. Just because I don't have that feeling doesn't mean I can't have an empathy with those individuals. And I think we all have our, our own aura, we all have our own uh, 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 sort of like 360 around us. And I look at people and I see positive aura, I see the way that they present themselves and so on and so forth. Um, but I think it's very much, in, we're all individuals, which is the beauty of life, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the great thing. But I think if we start over-analyzing things, we come into that foggy and misty area where actually you deny what's the good part of it. Because all of a sudden, you can't see anything, you know, and you think to yourself, I'm sure I woke up today and there was a plan, and there's no plan now, yeah? And then you let other people distract you. Two areas in life, productive and unproductive. Any business leader or any person should look at spending more time in productive area than an unproductive area. And what we should look at is say to ourselves, do I need to do this? Is it relevant? Or I'm actually faking what you call work. Because a lot of people do. A lot of people sit there and go, this is work. No, actually, it's not work. It's what your definition of work is. Because actually, that's not productive. That's going to help you because you actually go into something that you like doing as opposed to what needs to be done. If you put your head in the oven, there's a chance that you're going to get burnt, but you have to do it sometimes. You have to do it. And business leaders know that. And it is, you, 
you've said it perfectly. I am not risk averse, I am not cavalier, but I understand measured risk analysis. Yeah? So there's nothing I do in my business that doesn't have a measured approach. And also, I stress to people in business, don't run to anything. Just walk cautiously, walk steadily. You'll still get there. But you know what? You'll absorb everything around you as well. And maybe Kilimanjaro's taught me a lot more of that as well, because I made a pledge to myself that I'm never going to look down on my feet. I'm going to look up and enjoy everything that's around me. And that was on Kili, but isn't that life as well? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, fully enough, one of the questions that was coming to my mind to ask you was about, because I know you're particularly good at making decisions and moving forwards. And you've sort of covered that really in that, you know, um, it is about making moves forwards, but maybe not leaping forwards too quickly, but at least making forwards and, and making progress and not staying in that place of inertia. And I loved your analogy about, you know, productive, unproductive, because I guess, Again, listening to your words earlier, Suresh, one of the unproductive areas is creating your own mist and fog, which I think we, you know a lot of us could have a tendency to do for no reason whatsoever. You know, we have we have clarity, but we, we look for we, we we create our own mist and fog, which is totally unproductive. So yeah, really like that. I was just going to turn to, and, and this this would relate, I guess, to your life in business, your charity work, and, and, and life in a broader sense. What are the personal values that drive you, Suresh? What, what, what are the values that are really important to you in, in all of those different aspects of your life? Honesty, sincerity, kindness, humour is a massive part of my life. Laughter is the most engaging, infectious thing God ever gave us. So I don't say you should laugh at life just really nearly. What I'm saying is that you should put everything into context and just realise that you may think you're going through a bit of a tough time, but you know what, there's somebody going through a far tougher time than you. Um, so yesterday, I took a telephone call from one of our, our volunteers at the charity, and there was an 11-week-old girl that has two weeks to live. Yeah. We helped terminal suits your children. Uh, you know personally, Tony, for 17 years, that's been my third child and my two children. Um, so that, for me, puts it all into context. And we, I passed the dreams of the trustee of the charity, I said, I can do that. But it just put everything in, and then you think to yourself, a little bit of extra hope for your own children and stuff, and puts it all into perspective. So for, for me, I've, I've just always tried to lead an honest life, um, I've always tried to add value to people's lives as well, both through kindness, generosity, time, you know, you don't have to write a cheque for people, sometimes you just give them time. And people value that, people do value the time, people do value the way that maybe you conduct yourself. And I think I conduct myself with, with manners and, and a degree of humility. Um, I think I, I was brought up in that way as well, I'm the youngest sibling of six and trust me coming up in a disciplined Indian family it was quite a challenge we all used to hide when dad used to come back but dad was a bus driver mom works in a factory making taps you know so so success can start anywhere it doesn't start just because you've got a million pound in the bank it can start anywhere um, so I, I've always tried to live on those those old-fashioned values of, of friendship, you know, that definition of what friendship is. Um, and I think the first friend you've got to have is yourself. First person. If you can't love yourself, how can you love anybody else? 
Suresh, again, that, that's uh, incredibly insightful. And, and I know it's simple, but it is because you've probably found this as well. I, I've come in life and, and in my work, and if I'm really honest in my own experience, I think we see people or we see ourselves at times and, and maybe we don't like ourselves or love ourselves as much as we want. And so I love that, uh, again, that analogy about the first friend you should have is yourself. Uh, I totally relate to that. And it's also interesting you talking about your family because I've heard so many stories about your family over the years. And, um, and, and certainly, you know, the, the, if, if anyone was to ask me about the two things about you, I would say kindness and humour would be the two that would jump to mind. And, um, and I guess that, that's part of the legacy that we leave, isn't it? You know, the way that we've impacted or influenced on other people, whether that be the business world or in our personal lives, really. Absolutely. Okay, that's super. Well, I wanted to just talk about one sort of final broad area before we, we finish today, Suresh, and it's more about um, how you see teams, really. And again, you've you've led a lot of people over the years and mentored people and you've been, um, you know, the heads of businesses and heads of organisations and heads of teams. What do you see as the, the sort of important aspects of a, a really successful team, a, a team that works well together? What do you, where do you see I think, that? I think everyone's got a compliment to uh, I really do, and I think you know, uh, working in the sales and marketing environment, it's always been very key that they're like-minded people working with you. Uh, and leadership, I think I've said this before, Tony, it doesn't start at the front because actually your people drive the business. You're the custodian at the back. You know, the inverted is a classic management theory, the inverted um, triangle. So, so realistically, you are sat at the bottom as a custodian, working with everyone else that is driving the business forward with, with passion, with energy, with drive, with enthusiasm, with vigor. All the words that you want in your mantra in the business. So leadership starts, for me, getting the right mindset in the people, getting the right cultural values in the people. And the key thing for me is getting the right vocabulary that we're all talking the same, yeah. And I believe very strongly, I've just launched a, a, a coffee business, and passionate about the recovery, passionate about delivery, passionate about the fact that we, we are, we're not clones, but we are, we are almost buying into a culture. It's not a cult, but we're buying into a culture. Uh, and I think every team, every member of a team, will resonate with something that resonates in their hearts and their souls and so on and so forth. Uh, but also treating everybody as an individual, treating that character and saying actually you can do this because it's like a football team. Not everyone can play in goal, but they can play midfield and some of us can play in all the positions. You know, I've seen you many a time play in many positions <laughs> <laughs> on, on, a, on a football pitch. But I think it's them understanding where they are best suited and, and guiding them and nurturing them in that team as well. Um, and again, a team is built, people say on, on, on the weakness, well, try not to have any weaknesses, try to work with people because you're gonna get different abilities. Doesn't mean just because somebody can't do that, they can't do something else. So understand their skill set and put them in a square peg as opposed to a round peg. Uh, and a good manager and a good leader will, will embrace that and will actually work with individuals and I come back to the biggest thing, teams. Listen, two ears again. People talk, in my view, can talk too much about, I worked in recruitment, and I used to have people interviewing, and they were, they were interviewing somebody as a candidate, and they were talking more about themselves than they were talking to the candidate. That's really working, isn't it? 
because actually in interview scenarios, some people think it's more about themselves. Sit there, let's tell you what I've done, not what you've done. Well, I, I, for me, straight away, that will disengage me. So look at what you can engage. Build bridges of trust, yeah? Bridges of engagement. Um, because every team is seeking a bridge, is seeking to reach out to other people. Nobody's an island. Nobody likes, they can might say I can do it by myself, but you know what, they can't. There's not one person that can't do it without the help, sorry, that will succeed without the help of other people. So don't be an island, make sure your team is cohesive and understand their strengths and understand where their weaknesses sit as well. Yeah, no, I just wanted to sort of pick up on a couple of points you, you made there. Uh, I remember uh, going on holiday with you to Corfu about 20 years ago and you told me about the pyramid theory and I put it in my first book. So it was good to revisit that. But also what, what I picked up, a few things there, but I wanted, one thing I particularly wanted to pick up was when you spoke about common vocabulary. Uh, now in my own business, I have five underlying very simple principles for myself, but I talk to organizations about doing this more as well about just having some very, as you say, you can overcomplicate things, but having some very simple principles in business that drive everybody's behavior. And I think it's a lot of it stresses about getting people on the same page. Um, and, and as you say, working cohesively and, and that common vocabulary can really help that. So that, that's, uh, that's fascinating again to hear you talk about that. So um, a huge, a huge thank you for spending the time today, Suresh. You, you know, you and I have talked so much over the years and I always find it interesting talking to you, but I learned a few new things myself today. And I know that people who've never um, heard you before will really get so much from listening to this, you know, the 30 minutes or so. But just before we finish then, um, what, are the, what are the key things that are happening in Suresh's world at the moment then? You've been- Traveling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know you've had about 13, 14 holidays well, this year. I know you have. I made a pass at 50, Tony, that I have a holiday every month. And I'm 52 and I'm on target. <laughs> uh, I've observed that and so, Facebook and whatever. Yeah. So let's talk about life versus work balance as well. Okay. Um, I've just launched a coffee business, just invested in a, in a newspaper group last November. I've got great MDs and leaders running the business. I probably now mentor more and support more um, because when you get to the our age, you've just learned a lot more because you just lived. And you know, two years listening to people, you've gone through the nonsense, you've gone through the good things, you've gone through the bad things, you just fast track it all. You just get to a decision making process, go, that's the decision. Because you've either heard it all before, or you've seen it, you've seen something similar, and you think, right, okay, let's just do this. So where, what's, what's in mind? Uh, obviously I said we're going to uh, base camp in October. Um, I am traveling again with my family, um, but I'm looking for opportunities. I get bored home if my mind isn't stimulated. I will never retire, that's a fact. I may do less hours, which I still do, which I do now, because I think we all need our own stimulation. Yeah. So I think at 50, I started setting myself different goals. Um, and I tell you what happens as well, is that we've got to sometimes understand how to release our power and what we're actually good at. Yeah. And I think I realized at 50, that um, you're approaching the evening of your life. Yeah, you've gone through the morning, you've gone through the afternoon, and the sun is setting. So I've decided that I'm gonna embrace that sunshine and go out there and make sure, in a positive way, influence, guide, shape, 
uh, work with the businesses, work with the business leaders, look at other opportunities. Um, and also, I'm spending a lot more time on my charity. A lot more time on my charity, uh, which is very close and dear to us. Um, so I, I think it's a balance between that corporate responsibility that I have in the business world, the kindness that we're trying to give in the family world and friendship world, and then over here, I've got a charity that helps turn me on your children, um, which is almost my hard shoulder in my life. It's always been there, for 17 years it's been there, but it's always nice sometimes to pull over there and have that reality check, just to understand what life really is all about. Um, we could sleep in one bed and drive one car. After that, you've got a question, what else do you need? Yeah, no, and I have to say, I first-hand uh, observe you <laughs> putting this uh, this lesson of having quality time and enjoying life, but also, yeah, as you say, there's a, there's a massive sort of give-back side to what you do, Stretch. And I know, for example, with the Sassy Coffee Company, that part of the money that's raised in the coffee company, that you put some money towards the charity to Promise Dreams as well. So, uh, as I say, that those values you spoke about earlier, Suresh, that um, I know you authentically live those in, in many respects and I'd just like to say one thing to people spot fakes facts yeah people understand and see honesty and sincerity I'm not saying that you know advocating myself but in business life just be honest to yourself just be honest to yourself people see it and they love it it becomes and people just go you know what he's a lovely bloke he is she's a lovely lady she is no more than that, but you know what? People see you for what you are. So there's no point in lying to yourself. Just, I said earlier on, start with the truth, finish with the truth, then you don't have to remember any lies. Just be honest. Yeah, well, thank you hugely, Suresh. And when I um, first started the podcast and I, was, I started doing interviews, I was so looking forward to, to doing this with you. And it, it's been a lot of fun and incredibly insightful. And looking forward to sharing it with other people, really, because um, I've learned some new things today. But obviously, uh, we've been friends for a long, long time. And uh, I, I've heard some of the your insights into life. And, it, and it'd be great to share them with other people. So big thank you for being on the Leadership Mindset Absolutely. podcast series. Thank you. If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.